Welcome to another episode of Adding Up, the podcast. I'm your host, Serena Ryan. This podcast is all about my money learning. Getting better with money is important. And financial literacy, for me, is a pivotal moment in changing everything. You hear all my money mistakes and the learnings that are coming out of it as I am determined to rewrite my financial future. I believe we all have the opportunity to do better when we actually know better. Episode 75 for me is really digging in deep on how I am getting better with what I have. And that includes what do better budgets look like without earning more money? A couple of episodes ago, I did broach this subject and I thought it was worth revisiting as I'm noticing it's one of my highest downloaded podcast episodes ever. I see with the cost of living going up it is important to understand how to be resourceful and that is essentially not just making the most of the money we have but what other resources are out there that are available. I'll dig into that episode, but first I want to cover my three highlights this week. My best saving, my best learning and money bravery. My best saving this week is staying home. Seriously, (laughs) we're in the midst of our mid-year school break and school holidays for us, as we call them here in Australia, are challenging at the best of times. And believe it or not, the blessing has been to stay home. The weather has had a helping hand in this because the torrential rain and flooding, unfortunately, has been horrific for many. And some of those people are not so far away from where we live. I am in awe of what's going on weather-wise. And I would say... For us at the moment, we're thankful that we're relatively warm and dry at our home. Rather than get too caught up with cabin fever, it's realising that staying home and finding things to do at home has meant that we haven't spent money. And with the cost of fuel being over $2 a litre at the moment, which in Australia, to give context, our fuel is usually well under $1.50 closer to $1.20 normally for it to be peaking well over $2 is pretty unnerving and our car takes about 60 litres so the last time I filled it up it was over the $120 mark which is not easy as I'm determined even with these trying circumstances to be not pushed into a corner to be earning more money to service what we want to do. So staying home and finding things to do at home has been what our week has been about and I look at that as being a blessing knowing that we have got the capacity to stay home. I think the assumption is you need to go out to have fun and breaking that as an assumption is a good one. I have opened up the whole cupboard I haven't done a full count yet, but as a cursory adding up my head, there's over 30 board games in our whole cupboard. 
and we're slowly working our way through them. We've also had fun with music <laughs> and musical statues and some other fun crazy things to do as well. It's really quite surprising what you can find to do if you stop and look. And sometimes, and you may hear it in the background in this episode at the moment, their kids are home and yeah, they're actually playing video games at the moment. And I don't mind a bit of device time. It's just keeping in perspective that we're not doing it the whole time and balancing it out with doing things together. My best learning this week. Hmm. Keeping in with the theme of staying home. Pillows and blankets make the best forts. We've had some massive forts taking up the entire lounge room. And <laughs> I have to accept the fact that school holidays mean a messy house. Simple. And that's not a bad thing. I think that it can be easy to think we've got to have everything picture perfect or clean and, well, clean is good, but tidy? doesn't have to be tidy. We can actually have things a bit messy and mess can equal fun. And pillows and blankets we already own don't cost us anything. So isn't that a good thing? And it's amazing to see the kids' imaginations working over time. I realize how important that is, not just for their imaginations to go wild a bit, ours should too. And Fun can be found in the most unlikely places when we relax into it too. I'm really appreciating getting some time with the kids in the midst of all the crazy that is often a really busy lifestyle and seeing them around and even hearing them around. Again, I don't even know if you can hear them on the podcast today, but who knows? I'm learning to also not ask them to stay quiet all the time when I'm doing things like my podcast because it's okay for them to make a bit of noise and if that means that they're happy that's a good thing too. Money bravery. This is an interesting one. I don't often bring it up in this podcast but I'm learning to bring it up a bit more and that is that I'm an entrepreneur that works for myself. Something I learned through the process of doing this podcast with 75 episodes in now is my money habits and my ability to speak up more in my business life is also transferring into my personal life. And I feel like it goes both ways. I am someone who I've documented in this podcast a few times about being more of a people pleaser and not wanting to always have confrontation. That also means I get a little bit of fear around asking for things or telling people as things are the way they are. A powerful lesson this week for me is to put it out there more. I have an assumption, sometimes I make the decision for other people, that they're going to say no. When I can let people know how I am and what I would like and what I have to offer, it gives them the opportunity to say yes. So rather than focusing on the no, or the automatic no that I've pretty much made up in my own mind without consulting anybody else, it's about going, hang on a minute, what if they could say yes? And I've experienced that more than once in my business this week. And I think it is an important thing to bring up as my money bravery this week. Allow people to make their own minds up when they have all the information in front of them. Whatever situation you're in, personally or professionally, 
especially when it comes to money, allow people to have all the facts so that they can make the decision. Yes, it may mean they say no, but that doesn't mean it's you. It means that with all the information based on their circumstances, they've got the opportunity to say yes or no. Don't make decisions for other people. This episode is very much getting into what do better budgets look like without earning more money? As I've mentioned previous episodes, and if I go back, my goodness me, it was going back to, hmm, my goodness. Let's go back episode 68 by the look of it. No, 67, excuse me. When I previously got into this in episode 68, I talked about some key things that were really hitting the pinch for me. And it was my grocery bill going up and the cost of living going up and how best I could manage and handle that. My reality is now, it's sinking in for me a little bit more. Two months ago, when I recorded that episode, I was in this state of going, well, probably shock. It's not gonna last too long, surely. It'll be a blip on the radar and we won't have to think about this for too long. It will bounce back up. Now we are three interest rate increases on our mortgage up and it doesn't look like it's going away for a little while. And I thought that it would be a useful thing, particularly because this is a very downloaded podcast topic already, to revisit it now and potentially revisit it again in a few more weeks to be able to give a further update on where things are at and how to help best. This podcast for me has always been my therapy session. But I also feel like visiting these topics is enabling others who are listening to the podcast to know they're not alone. My grocery bill is still sitting quite high and I'm focusing even more so on what I can do to rein it in. I am going to be more aware when I go shopping and I have every single week now since I did episode 68 looking for the specials even more diligently and being more aware about how I can reduce my waste. And what I mean by that is ensuring we eat all our leftovers. I make sure that I had bananas going overripe. So yes, making banana bread out of overripe bananas. My strawberries looked like they were about to go out of date and I made a point of cutting up those that were nice and ripe warming them and putting them with yogurt and they became like a like a pudding almost like the stewed fruit it was actually really tasty because the flavor came out when the strawberries warmed up a little bit i keep looking in the fridge and the pantry a lot more diligently my kids this week as a um, activity to do at home pulled out one of their favorite cookbooks great and i think it's donna hay kids recipe book it's a great book, um, Basics for Kids. I'll pop a link in the show notes. That book was great, and they went through to pick out a recipe to make together. 
However, recipes, when you go to cook them, if you don't already have the ingredients at home, can actually become quite expensive. Crazy, right? You think, I'm cooking at home, therefore I'm saving money. But if you don't have the ingredients, you've got to go out of your way to go and buy them, and that becomes expensive. So I started looking for things I could substitute in the recipe. And things I can substitute, for example, they made pancakes. I have traditionally made pancakes with a cup of flour, an egg, and a cup of milk. Super simple, tasty, and you can always add other things in for the ingredients. I top them with yogurt or fruit, or maple syrup and ice cream. Easy, done, and the kids have always been happy. But because this was in a recipe book, they wanted to follow the recipe. The spelt flour, S-P-E-L-T, we didn't have any, but I do, but I did have wholemeal flour and plain flour and baking soda. And what I ended up doing, knowing that they wanted the traditional fluffy pancakes, I didn't use all the wholemeal because the wholemeal flour can make it a bit more grainy and almost biscuity. We used a half a cup of the self-raising uh, wholemeal flour with a cup of the plain and I used the same amount of baking soda that they recommended in the recipe. The pancakes turned out super light and fluffy with all the other ingredients that I already had. I had the eggs, I had the milk and vanilla essence. Thankfully, by substituting what I had, it became a winner. Now, I'm not an expert in how to make substitutions in recipes, but I do a bit of guesswork, and I like to think if I can try with what I have before rushing to go and get other things, I'm saving money. Kept the kids entertained. My plan B was I had a packet of biscuits in the cupboard anyway, so if they didn't like the pancakes, ah well, we'd had the activity anyway. Yes, it would have been a bit of a waste, but I had a backup plan on that too. If we didn't like the pancakes, we actually have pet chickens. I knew that they were going to enjoy them. And it was kind of like recycling because they would have got the pancakes, eaten that, and we get eggs. And, <laughs> well, they also poo. So I get great manure for my veggie garden to be able to get other things out of the garden anyway. I've got to look at things creatively and different is my point. Don't get too caught up sometimes in getting recipes perfect by spending a fortune on ingredients. We ended up with an amazing win. The kids loved the pancakes. I got to use up ingredients I already had and I didn't have to spend any other money. And we didn't actually leave home. Going back to one of my biggest savings this week was we stayed home in school holidays instead of going out. So it all became a really big win-win situation for us. And that's the thing. For me, school holidays are also about trying to create a space for the time for us to have time together. It's not always easy. It's a tricky thing to do. Something else that we've been really resourceful for this week, we had a play date with a couple of uh, the kids' friends. Instead of going out for lunch or for dinner, we went out for the afternoon and that meant it was less expensive than going out for breakfast, lunch or dinner, a big meal. 
they could have a snack. I actually gave them a snack before they got in the car so they weren't hungry when we were out. And this is the thing, right? When I say we have stayed home to save money, our one outing out this week was that one outing for afternoon tea. I had the flexibility, thank goodness then, to not feel so pressured because we hadn't been we hadn't been out every single day. So we could actually indulge in getting a nice drink while they were there, which they did. Thinking twice about things, not rushing to always spend money, does enable you to have money to do what you want to do as well. It gives you that financial breathing space. Breaking the habit of always spending money, it's interesting, it does become a blessing because I realized once the money's gone, you haven't got it for anything else. But if you've resisted spending the money all the time, that does actually give you more money back in your pocket than you realize you had. It's almost like accidental savings. An interesting point that came up this week as well. Ironically, it's something that comes up fairly regularly in our house. Talking about paid and unpaid work. Paid work is See, when you're working for yourself or working for someone else, unpaid work is that hidden work we don't always see. It's the cleaning up of the house, it's the chores, it's the driving kids to and from sports activities. It is making sure that we're, as I say to my kids all the time, being good humans. And that can also include volunteer work. Mind you, I don't want the kids to feel like they're volunteering when they're actually helping out around the house. But you get where I'm coming from. Being able to turn money and work as two mutually exclusive things as opposed to being automatically together. It's looking at work being valuable and if you don't have money to pay for it, making sure that it's an exchange of value anyway. And we talked about that particularly this week as the kids were at home more and not cleaning up after themselves. So rather than saying you're not cleaning up after yourself, just talking to them about what it constitutes to be a good human and to feel like they are contributing as a part of being a good human, whether that's paid or unpaid work, we all have an opportunity to contribute. Just because we don't have money, there are other ways to be valuable to someone else. In this time when we're feeling like we don't necessarily have money in our hands, it's seeing what else we can do that enables that exchange of value to happen and be creative with the time that we have to be able to help. As I say to my kids, it's well, just because you can't have the money to be paid or to pay, we will reward them for being good humans and being able to do things that will be something that they can contribute. Because if I'm going to have to pay someone else to do something, such as clean the bathroom that they use, then that means that money is going to someone else and not to them. So if they can think of that more creatively, I love them thinking that because their bathroom has never been so clean since I explained it to them that way too. The interesting thing I see in talking with the kids about financial literacy, paid versus unpaid work, and getting their take on things as being a contributing member of our family I see the shift in their approach to how they value what I do for them and what their dad does for them as well. 
I see them starting to take initiative to get things done before they ask us for things. It's early days, I would say they're still pre-teen and I'm conscious of talking about these things regularly in this podcast. As I'm saying them out aloud, yes, you can hear that in the podcast player where you're listening, but it's also giving me the reminder back to myself as well. I'm conscious of being able to instill these habits in the kids, and it means that they're able to see how to view money differently. And when we're talking about how to make the most of what we have without automatically going to earn more money, you don't realize how when we talk about looking after things and making the most of what we have before we go and earn more money, sometimes that's about reorganizing the time we have for ourselves and for others and being able to make the most of what we have. Making the most of our resources, including our own time to do chores, can mean the difference on having more money back in our pocket. Do you have time-saving tips and resource saving tips that you use too. I'd love to hear them. Pop them in the comments and don't hesitate. There's usually a link in the show notes for you to send me your questions and share your tips as well. Being clear about how we can make the most of our money that we have before we automatically go to earn more does mean that we have the opportunity to make the most of our time as well. What makes the difference on whether we do overtime or earn more money or get on that treadmill that I was on for decades of my life means that I'm clearer on how much money I need and also if I can make the most of what I have before I automatically go and earn more money, it means I have the opportunity to spend more quality time with my family, my friends and basically do what I want to do learning how to be clear on that 